Howdy, y'all. This episode of South of Scruffy Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Cosmetic. Cosmetic is an industry leader in CBD-infused skincare products. And Cosmetic CBD-infused hemp pain cream eases aches, pains, and inflammation in muscles and joints via Cosmetic's proprietary CBD solution. Be kind to your skin and go to Cosmedicated.com. That's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com. Use the promo code for this show, SOS20, SOS20. Use that at checkout. Get 20% off of your entire order. All right. Podcast time. Welcome into South of Scruffy Podcast. I am Ben Fields. This is the thing. This, this, is, this is the podcast. Thanks for being here. I've got Rusty Odom back on the show. You remember Rusty? Blank newspaper, Second Bell Music Festival, Blank Fest. The dude's a, a dreamer and a doer. He's building some really cool stuff. And uh, Rusty came by to fill me in on uh, the Second Bell Music Festival coming up. Two-day music festival. It's happening August 27th and 28th at Sutry Landing. Bunch of good groups on the bill for that. Uh, you got Houndmouth. You got Smoking Dave and the Primo Dopes. You got Gabe Lee coming to the festival as well. It's going to be a heater. I was super excited to hear about Second Bell uh, coming back because it feels like music wants to come back. And I hope that it can. I guess we'll see. The Great Experiment. And uh, also, Rusty dropped some uh, pretty exciting news about this podcast, South of Scruffy, uh, towards the end of the episode. It's pretty cool. Uh, it took me by surprise, but it was a good piece of news to get, and uh, I was glad to get it, and you guys are in for a treat. Let's get into it. Here's my conversation with my friend, Rusty Odom. We're doing the podcast. Let's do it, man. Dude, I'm glad you're back. Man, I'm glad to be here. Welcome back, man. It's been a rough, it's been a, a weird time. It's been a weird time. In America. That's safe to say. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, um, I'd like to think we're coming out of it, you know? Feels like we are. Yeah. We were kind of just, I don't know, when you did, when you came the last time, it was right before the Baker Creek stuff. That's the, correct. Yeah, the monster mash. The Halloween stuff. Yeah. How'd that show go? Man, thank you for asking. I'll start with that. Yeah. Um, we needed to sell 50 cars and we sold 54. Yeah. So that was great. Um, so f- like financially it worked out and yeah. I just wanted to stay relevant. I want to give people um, an opportunity to do something fun, man. It was Halloween, yeah. you know, I think we talked about it last time, like Halloween, you usually stay away from that as a promoter, yeah. unless you're a big promoter and you got a big room. Right. Um, but you certainly don't do a small little festival. Um, right. People want to be out with their kids unless it's a, a destination type deal. That's it. And so we just, it was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. We took it and it went so well, man. Nobody got sick, most importantly. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And everybody had a good time. It was just, it was good for everybody to let their hair down, you know? Yeah. Did yeah, it was great. Did everything work uh, with the, with the people ordering from their app or, or did, was the, was there a golf cart going so, around with something on the top or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was, yeah, the app came later that we were uh, a little bit before that revolution. <laughs> but uh, so we did the, we put cones. If you wanted to order something, you put a cone on top of your car and it okay. had a number on it. Yeah, you guys did the lo-fi yeah, version. Yeah, lo-fi version. <laughs> and we just had binoculars up on the hill. Like, hey, okay, number 54 needs a... Ready to drink Svetka. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it was great, man. So it worked out well. Thank you for asking, man. It was, uh, you know, I wanted to do it to stay relevant. 
Um, Keep the blank name in people's tongue. Yeah, both blank and second bell for sure. And yeah. and I think like based off how uh, the festival is going this year and ticket sales and stuff, it seems like we did just that. Yeah, you got second bell coming when? August 27th and 28th. Has it always been a two-day thing? It's first time. That's what I thought. I yeah. thought it was just a Saturday deal. Yeah, so the last year we did Blank Fest on Market Square. We went three days, mm. and I swore I'd never do that again. Yeah, that was indoor and the stage? That's correct, yeah. yeah. So, okay. and, and honestly, man, Sunday was a little bit light uh, mm. when we did with that. With programming? Yeah, with program. Yeah. Well, it was just with attendance and stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Because it was uh, our headliner that year. I think it was Perpetual Groove, and we had them on Friday night on the square. And then... Um, Sunday just ended up. People were tired, man. People partied a lot, you know. Yeah, you wear it out Friday, Saturday. Everybody's got that initial go, go, go. Let's do it. Let's have the time of our lives. Friday's good. Saturday, it's like, well, Saturday night, everybody's gonna be bringing their A game. I got to, I got to get in there again. And Sunday's like, man, we got any bluegrass I can sit down and listen to? That's the truth, though. And so it's so funny, man. I I say I'm never gonna do that again. And this year, I came really close to adding Sunday because there was a band that was routed really well. Yeah, that I think would have been really good for everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, for that big reintroduction to music festivals in town. Yeah. But thank goodness, um, cooler heads prevailed. And yeah. I, I figured out that, that pro- I probably shouldn't do that. You uh, strike me as a guy who doesn't want to say no to some stuff man. if it falls in your lap. Oh, man. I mean, how are you supposed to do that? You know, <laughs> how are you supposed to do that? But I mean, it's just been, this will be the first festival, proper music festival, multi-day in Knoxville in 18 months, Ben. Really? Can you believe that? Yeah, because we lost Rhythm and Blooms. Mm-hmm. And what else? What was the last one? The last one that I know of was Wayne Stock. Mm. So the first one to go down was Big Ears. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, March, March. of last year. It seems like, a, you know, it's weird. It seems like it was yesterday and it seems like it was a lifetime Ten years ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. So we, as far as I know, we haven't had anything since like the first weekend of February mm. uh, 2020. God, man, it's great. It's going to be good to be back. How many bands you got on there? Uh, right now, I think we've got about 12. The card's still going to grow? It will, yeah. Thanks for asking that, too. Um, so I've got some bands I'm working on right now, some offers out with uh, with some local stuff as well as um, some some larger regional acts as well. Cool. And I'll say this. Uh, currently, there's no hip-hop on the bill, but that will mm. change yeah. with, the, with the additions. Awesome. Yeah. You got to have some hip hop on there. Absolutely. We're going to bring some local hip hop in. We're going to do some cool stuff. We got a couple. We got three after shows we're going to announce next week. Are those off premise? Yeah. They're not got, at the at Sutri landing. That's correct. And I'll go ahead and tell you about that. So uh, we'll have after shows. And this is the first time anybody's hearing it. So if you've got cool. a, like a hard copy or whatever that is. Was that Breaking a, news. Yeah. A current affair. Or something. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. But anyways, uh, so we'll have Friday night and Saturday night at Barley's. We'll have Ooh. after parties there. And then they'll be separately ticketed. It looks like it's going to be like dirt cheap if you got a wristband. And yeah. it's just still pretty cheap if you don't. And then we're going to have. Um, a really, really cool um, dance party at High Wire on Friday night. Okay. So, if you want to stay on that side of the river. If you want to stay there, yeah. yeah. Let that, you know, just calm down a little bit before you go home. If not, get on one of those death machine scooters and go right across. I think the- that's, that's the brand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they're called, death machine <laughs> scooters. I think, I Different think so. colors. Everybody yeah. downtown just loves them. Man. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> you know what's the best thing about them? What? Just everything. Yeah, everything. Oh, man, they're the greatest. Yeah. Yeah, I like when they run over your grandmother. That's that's when they're really doing I, you great. know I was gonna go with that, but then yeah. I just decided to say everything. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it is so good to be back I here know, with you, dude. Ben. It's, Damn, it's cool. What about uh, 
What about Raucous? You doing Raucous Radio? I've listened to a couple of those. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, so that's new, I believe, since the last time we talked, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, I'm getting into it more. Um, but yeah, Raucous Radio, man. It's great. Raucous Radio. I guess it's just raucous.com, R-A-W-K-O-U-S.com. Yeah. And you're hosting a live show, right? Yeah. So I've got a, uh, a live show on Monday nights with Johnny Flanagan, who is the original music editor for Blank, uh, Blank Newspaper. And... So we do, that's like, it's called the road trip. We go to a different destination musically each week. So like, for instance, the last two weeks we spent in Mississippi and then next week we're going to Buffalo, New York. Really? Yeah. Why do you travel for it? Well, it's just, it's just kind of the, the format. Whenever we first started, it, it was like during the pandemic, we we're like, well, we can't travel to go see music literally. So let's just do it uh, musically on this radio show and mm. just take the listeners and ourselves to a different destination each week and kind of dig in and discover the music from that area. What we try to do is we do people who are artists who are from that area yeah. or have lived there. So it's not like, you know, there's a million songs about Memphis. We don't put songs about Memphis on there. We put uh, songs by artists who are from there, who have lived there. And then that's what that two hour radio block will be. Gotcha. What time is it? Seven? That's um, that's on Mondays Monday from five to seven. From five to seven. Yeah, and then I've got another show that I started called Fill in the Blank, and that is, and I got to get you on there, by the way. Okay. Because it's, I mean, I kind of stole your style on this a little bit. Good. But basically what I did is, I mean, I just enjoyed you and, and coming on here so much, so I had to do something. Sure. You know? um, but so it's, it's on Wednesdays from five to seven, and that's just a smorgasbord of music. It's just music of all genres, all kinds. And then I, before the... Before the Rona got real bad, um, I would have uh, a guest on each week, and I would interview them for mm. you know ten or twelve minutes, and then I would have them pick out a few songs, and then they would have a block cool. of songs that they wanted to play. What kind of guests were you having? Let's see, I, man, I've had everything. Uh, I've had everything from uh, I think the first guest I had was uh, the homie Landon Linton, and he had just started his pressure washing company. Nice. And the reason why that's interesting is because. He's like my right hand man with the festival. One mm-hmm. of one of many people that we we're all like a, one big family, you know. But he's one of them, and he had uh, he's like in the fair business, and so like state fairs, yeah, and stuff. yeah, absolutely. And he's like, Does he clean up the rides before they pack up into their transformers mm-hmm. things. Man, and- he hires the people that do that. You I know like what I'm saying? So he like puts them on, like runs them from from top to bottom, and he's just it, he actually was at his first fair, I think maybe in Charlotte, and it was like Friday. He opened the gates. This was in last March. He opened the gates, and then I think his gates were open for six hours. Got the kibosh. So he had to shift quickly, and yeah. I found it really interesting. He and I are very similar in that we're not just going to sit around. Right. You know, we got to be working on something. Got to be creative. So that's when he started the pressure washing started, business? Started so the pressure washing So he was business. a carnival man? Yep. And, and then he turned into a pressure washing that's guy? That's it. That's it. And see, he's the kind of dude where he's going to start his own thing, you know? Yeah. He's like, he's, he's a creator. So yeah. I've always loved that about him. But he was the first guest on there, and we kind of talked about, because it was really relevant at the time. I was just like, how do you shift? How do you yeah. pivot? And so we've had a lot of guests like that on since. And then I feel like people are kind of sick of talking about that now. So now we're, when we get back into it, um, we're just going to be highlighting everybody that's getting back at it and, and just going to celebrate the, the people of this area just like you're doing. Yeah. Well, I— I, I was hoping that this that this would be that kind of conversation, but the last week or two, it's kind of gone nuts. It's, it's, we're, it feels scary again for some the, reason. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, especially with the with the event coming up. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be really um, pay attention to everything that's going on, keep everybody safe. Yeah. Um, while also moving forward, full steam ahead, safely. And you know, we did the we did the monster mash 
like in the thick of all this stuff. Yeah. You and I were wearing uh, uh, face shields exactly. when we first exactly. stepped in here to do that. Yeah. We, I mean, I wasn't playing around about it. No. Um, but I mean, I, I did my part. You know, I got vaccinated as soon as I could. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's all I know to do. Yeah. And I know it's also really hard to get that stuff outside if you're outside. So, I mean. Think, yeah, so we'll so it was okay. a low. It was yeah, exactly low, uh, lower risk mm-hmm. than than filling up blue cats or whatever. Oh, good, indoor big room. time, <laughs> big time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So but, I think we'll be okay. Good. So what? Anything else coming up? Uh, isn't there another festival that you're working on besides Second Bell? Or yeah, no? absolutely. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, little young. We call him Young Blood. It's who's I just left this guy's house. His name's Tyler Larrabee. He's a little eighteen year old kid. Um, I say that, but he's. Well, he's grown in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? He's a lot. He's way far, way more ahead uh, than I was at that age. I'll tell you that for sure. 18 is young. Yeah. And he's already done his first music festival. He already threw really? his first music festival two years ago. Yeah. Do you remember that dude? Do you remember Dex Fest? I do. That was the same deal, wasn't it? Like I think so. Was 18 a, or 20 year old kid. Who, was it Dandridge or something? Something like that. Through yeah. like a uh, an outdoor camping festival. Yeah. A super young kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anytime you can, man, I just, I love being around that kind of youthful energy, you know? I, I didn't have the balls to do something like that when I was 16, 18 Man, years old. I didn't have the balls to do that when I was, how old am I now? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I think that is something that um, is, I've always admired about you is you're taking risks, man. And you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing things that 99% of people would be too scared to do. And I, I look at you and look at, at what you're doing and I, admiration is all I can say, because it's yeah. like, it takes so much, so much hot spot. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like I'm just, I appreciate you saying that, of course. Well, and the newspaper, yeah. the music festivals, yeah. like those aren't necessarily adjacent industries either. You know, they, there's some overlap there, sure. but it's not it's not like it's right next door for you to just uh, a matching skill set for being a, you know, a writer but, and a newspaper right. publisher. <laughs> Man, it's so funny. I've just I've been very um, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the last one, but I've been very fortunate, very blessed to um, I don't know, man, I just got dealt this deck of cards to where. Whenever something's in front of me and I see it as something that's going to be beneficial for me, I just grab it and don't let go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also I feel lucky because I'm not sure I've always deserved it. But I guess the thing that I am good at, because I try not to give myself too much credit, but the thing I am decent at at least is um, knowing when an opportunity is in front of me mm-hmm. and being able to really get the most out of it. But what about like – discernment like you see a path forward you go to start something Mm -hmm. and then it might not be exactly what you thought maybe the path forward isn't as Mm -hmm. clear are you more are are you one that's more stubborn about that and and might push forward you know because it was your idea to start with or are you one that that can pretty easily identify when something's not working and back out well you know what i think i do a lot of like other people have called me a dreamer and I guess that's true, but I think something that gets lost in that when you think about it is like, if you're going to be a successful, like anybody can be a dreamer, but if you're going to be a successful dreamer, I feel like you need to discern pretty quickly before you get really too far into anything, whether or not it makes sense or maybe it doesn't make sense, but if it makes you happy, I think you're gonna, you got a shot. Like if it, if there's a, if there's a way to make a living at it and it makes you happy, I think that 
for me personally, that's been the measure of success. And I'm also yeah. really, really picky about my own ideas because mm. I come up with a lot of them and a lot of them are garbage. Really? Yeah. But what's I, the worst one you've ever had? Oh, man. Let me think. Uh, probably giving a money back guarantee. Like if you don't have fun at my events, I'll give you your money back. Did people take you up on that? Not nah, Well, I was going to do it. But my, my the fam, all the other people yeah. around me, they said, you can't do that. I was like, well, <laughs> people are going to have fun if they come. They're like, well, people are somebody's just going to act like they didn't have fun. Yeah. I still think I should do it, to be honest. It's, uh, maybe it's not that bad of an idea. I don't know. But <laughs> that's the one that came to mind. That's what everybody else thought was the dumbest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still like it actually well i like that you've got the the perfect um i mean there's a lot of dreamers out there there's mm-hmm. a lot of dudes smoking weed on their couch right now eating potato chips talking about big ideas yeah they, i mean yeah i'm trying to do it you know exactly you're yeah. you're that venn diagram where dreamer and doer kind of meet up with each other i, I don't know how that happened man i really don't <laughs> i guess it's just that deck of cards you know i just got lucky in that way and also i just don't know i don't know what it is about me but the thing is mainly that i'm really I really spend a lot of time and a lot of mental equity on every decision I make. And that might surprise people that know me. Well, it means you take yourself seriously, I think. I guess so. I don't, I've never looked at it like that because I feel like I, I feel like I don't take myself serious at all. But I guess that's what that is. Being, see, that's why I like hanging out with you because you, you're, um, you're insightful, you know, and, you, and you're thinking about things in a way that it's, it just seems like you care about the person you're talking to. And I appreciate that. And just like, the last time I was on here, I would go back and listen to it and I'd be like, man, I guess that is, I guess I am like that. You know, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's hard to see your, your own. It's hard to see yourself. You're too close to it. Everybody. I guess that's see, true. It seems like it, it's hard to uh, give a good assessment. Sometimes the true. people closest to you or people who care are, are the best ones that uh, identifying stuff you didn't even know. I guess that's true, man. And it's just, I guess in closing on that thing, I just really appreciate I'm not monetarily driven at all. Mm. Not at all. I'm just, I love seeing people smile. I love making people's day. And um, I just, I always wish, hope, and pray for opportunities to be put in front of somebody that mm. that um, that I can help in any way. And that's why I coach football for so long, you know. Yeah. Man, that's, that's why. I, I forgot that, you coach the kids, yeah, right? Yeah, man. I just, I, I'll be honest with you, I miss it a little bit. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to do it because I don't have time, but I yeah. miss it. I miss the kids for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, I'm, I feel good about whenever I make a decision that's not monetarily motivated. Yeah. And then the money comes, that feels really good. Yeah. That that really feels like the ultimate 100% win. Mm-hmm. Um, because money will stress you out, mm-hmm. take the fun out of something real quick. And it, and so much of like even talking about concert promotion and stuff like that, that's so much of that industry is money driven. Oh, man, just about all of it. I mean, that's why I also I have so much respect for people who book venues like, you know, they book four or five shows a, a week sometimes or maybe shit. there's people who book 10 shows a week at venues. You know what I mean? I have a lot of respect for them because. It's a grind, man. Mm. It's hard enough to book one weekend or one day. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I have a lot of admiration and respect because it, you're, because you're right, it is so monetarily driven, and it's it's it turns into a business for each mm-hmm. um, each piece of the puzzle. You know, for the everybody. bands, the agents, the managers, yeah. the the bartenders. You know what I mean? The yeah. pe- the door people, everybody. You feel like you're doing a service to the community with these events that you that you put together. Is that kind of why you do it rather than the rather than chasing the dollar? Man, I hope so. I really do. Yeah. Um, that's where my heart is on it. Um, and you know, I've gotten to the point. Okay, so when I first started, 
Blank Fest, it was to highlight the local music scene and the entire local music or the yeah. entire entertainment community, right? So it was comedy, burlesque, and improv, and um, lectures, and I think there's a guy that even played a video game up there one time. You know, it was, hey, Twitch is a thing. Yeah, I mean, we were just we were just trying to celebrate anybody that was trying to do anything create, you know, creatively because that's that takes a lot of courage to get in front of people. I mean, I don't even really have that courage most of the time. Like, I've never emceed any of my own events. You haven't? You never get no, up and dude. say, No, nah, my say, heart explodes, dude. Really? Oh, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. I get so nervous. But you don't seem like an introverted dude to me. I'm or, not I'm not in know? any way other than that, probably. Really? You yeah. just don't like being performance or being looked at? All the eyeballs on you? I just don't. It just ain't about me, you know? Yeah. So I feel like um, that... I hope that it is a service to the community. I really do. That's how it started. And now that it's, it's a good question, man. It's kind of makes me think a little bit, but I am more about the the business side of it now because there have been a lot of people who have helped me for yeah. dirt cheap or free for a long time now. Yeah. And that kind of thing has an expiration date on it. Yeah. And so uh, I need to make money so I can take care of them. Right. Yeah, how how hard is that? We may have touched a little bit on it last time, but like, how hard is that to be the guy asking favors and to be the guy asking, say, hey, can you do it for half the rate you normally would, or, you know, can can we hit you after tickets start selling or right. stuff like that? I don't know that you have to do that, right. but I just assume when you start or when you start bootstrapping mm-hmm. stuff, you've got to have people around you that are that that want you to succeed and want to help you right. and are willing to take some sacrifice themselves. Sure. Is that does that put stress on you? So. Well, the first year when I first started that first Blank, t- Blank Fest, when we had Moon Taxi and all those local mm-hmm. bands and comedy, improv, burlesque, I didn't know any better. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I didn't make any money off that thing, really. And um, it was just the whole idea was I didn't even think about the money side of it. And part of that is because Bernadette and Scott took such good care of, um, mm-hmm. like, setting me up for success for the future. You know, I wouldn't right. be here, you know, talking to you without them and a bunch of other people, but. But, like, I didn't even know better, you know. I was like, hey, you want to play this thing? I'm putting together this thing. And what it was is I'd interviewed a lot of these bands for the paper. Mm. So it's not like they owed me a favor, but they were happy to do it. And I didn't even really know that I was asking them to do it. I'd never paid a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't even know. And so then, like, everybody, all the local bands pretty much played for free, I think, the first year. Really? And I did not know I was doing them a disservice until, excuse me, I didn't know I was doing them a disservice until I started. um, Started paying artists down the road. (laughs) Well, yeah. It's like the next year, I was like, oh, man. Somebody's like, well, you, you, how much did you pay them last year? I was like, no, they all play for free. They're like, what? <laughs> like, dude, you can't do that. I was like, really? I mean, I, it, it sounds crazy, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? I wouldn't make any money. I was like, where, my, where's my money going to come from you yeah. know, on it? So, um, and I think I might have made just a tiny bit of money. I yeah. think Scott hooked me up with a, with a, like a promoter fee or something. But. That's great. Well, it, I mean, it got plenty of people in the, in the doors of his establishment. Oh, yeah. I think it worked out for everybody. Um, yeah. But so, but then as it's gone on, I've realized, okay, that's 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 not cool. That's that's not a sustainable business model. No, and it's, it's you're right. It's not a sustainable business model, and it's also not really the right thing to do. It kind of defeats the purpose. Mm. You know, it's not if you're saying, "Hey, come play this show. Um, it's going to be great for you. Get get you. You know, you're going to get in front of all these people because it's a big event, but you're not going to get paid anything." It's kind of like kind of sours the whole deal sure and you can't do that more than once ignorantly right so so i gotta know like what do you think made these made these people want to engage with you being you know inexperienced in the space being you know 
not not really aware of the circumstances <laughs> right. that you were getting into. Like, right. why did 20, 30, however many bands said yes? Like, <sighs> why did why do you think they did that? They saw saw a guy who was pumped up about something and, you know, is a decent human being or? I don't know. Uh, that's a great question. You don't have to ask them, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I don't know. I was so excited, man. I was so excited. To People feel that. Genuinely enthusiastic. And uh, it was, and like I said, we had we had a lot of relationships with people from through the paper and yeah. stuff like that. So, so it wasn't like you were cold calling bands asking them to come play for free. Sure, it's like, hey, I've got this idea. You want to help me pull this off? Sure. And Hell I, yeah, man, I'd love to. You've been great to us over the years. Let's do it. I think there was a little bit of that, and I hope so. You Makes know, I, I hope I had uh, gained some equity with some folks, and I hope that's why they did it. But I also, you know, I just feel like it was the right thing to do, and they felt like it was the right thing to do, and it was a little bit of a different time in this town at that point. Um, the the music scene was just on fire, and it still is. You know, I can't wait to see what everybody's doing as they get back out and stuff. I just went to my first Pilot Light show. Ooh, how was it last week? Oh man, it was wonderful. It was yeah. just just such a great experience. It was uh Jay Bush. He uh, uh kind of played his new album for the first time live. Had Kobayashi and Lane Shuler and Atticus, and it was just a it was a wonderful, wonderful show. And you might be seeing them again soon here. Who knows? Cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Who but, who are the bands on the bill? It's Second Bell okay. so far. So we've got... Houndmouth is the headliner, right? Oh, we sure do. Yeah, they're the headliner. I and, saw Smoking Dave and the Primo Dopes on there somewhere. Yeah, and I heard I heard you all talking about that. I heard the the piece that you did with Todd Steed on here the other yeah, day. That he was, was here, great. He was here last week, man. Oh, that was fun. People don't realize what a fucking legend that dude is. Man, I know. I don't even know if I realize it. Because yeah. every time I talk to him or hear you know hear him talk on anything, and I really try to soak up as much as I can from him because he's just so fun to talk to and yeah. be around. Um, but he's he's a legend. You're right. and it's, He's just another dude. It seems like when you're having a conversation with him. And then you start, man, you start talking to... <laughs> I was trying to get this artist. I was trying to add this artist to the bill the other day, and I was like, "I was like, hey, w- would it be okay if I um, uh, maybe added this person to the day that you're on? You know, I just don't want to jumble up the schedule too much. I just out of respect, I was yeah. trying to check everybody's temperature to see. And I was like, I called that person by like their name on paper, and then he goes, "Oh, you mean?" And they just said like a personal nickname that they had with each other oh and i was really? like of course you know who it is oh, so you know like personally you know who it is you yeah, know it was just hilarious man yeah he's like oh yeah that'd be cool we used to work together it's like what man you know that's super cool oh so great so he told me a bunch of good stories about him and stuff so so one of the bands that you that monster mash hipped me to that i wasn't that i wasn't sure about didn't know about was temp job yeah how'd you find that how'd you find those guys because I, I, I hadn't heard about I him saw, until then. I saw him at Waynestock for the first time. Gotcha. Uh, the t- last, yeah, the, the, the last that's festival it. to happen. That's it. That's yeah. it. So um, Tim and Susan Lee, uh, which are one, you know, a couple of the creators of Waynestock, they're kind of the catalyst behind it all. Really, I hear their names a lot. They were mentioned on the first episode of this podcast, and they okay. keep getting mentioned about every ten weeks. And I'm like, how? How do I not know them? Yeah. They seem legendary. They're, they are legendary. There's yeah. no doubt about it. They're wonderful, wonderful people, man. Yeah. And they they kind of got me, they, along with the rest of the Wainstock people, that's how I got into this festival game to begin with. That was my first thing. But that's how I found out about them was through um, 
when they played Wayne Stock that year, and I was like, goodness gracious, I've got a it's, – It's hot stuff. Oh, my gosh. It's as good as it gets, right? Yeah, yeah it and is. And a lot of people came away from the Monster Mash saying, who was that again? You know, You're right. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. They have merch. Like, how can I listen to their stuff? It was yeah, great. that's good. That's what, And that's like back to the like service to the community thing. Like you're introducing the public to groups that they didn't know about, and you're also doing a service to the artists because they needed – they needed eyeballs on them, you know? They well, needed that, exposure, and that's a great way to do it. Well, I feel like they had a great time, too, because it was the first time. It was kind of a small pool, you know, three bands to play. Yeah. Um, had to be real choosy. And so I was so grateful that they were grateful to play mm. in front of an audience on a real stage and all that stuff. It was yeah. They had such a good time. All, all three bands did, King Super and Cruz and, and, and the, the band with Cruz. They that's had a great good. time. Who else is on? Uh, who else is on the bill? Okay, so we got oh man, we got Gabe Lee, who is uh, man, he sounds just like John Prine to me. Yeah. So my original editor um, for or at, when I was working at the Herald, his name is Chris Silcox. We talked about yeah, him yeah, last yeah. time. He kind of taught me AP style, taught me how to write. Yeah. Um, he hit me to Gabe Lee. He just sent me a text a couple months ago. Said, "Have you heard of this guy? Kind of sounds like John Prine. <laughs> so I think he's in Nashville." So I listened to it and I was like, oh my goodness. And then um, I, the, my girl's in the room. I said, hey, come in here and listen to this. this. You know, what do you think? And she's like, oh my goodness, I love it. You know, and so I was like, okay, as long as we got a voucher, you yeah. know. <laughs> Mrs. Am I the only one hearing this? Yeah, Mrs. Noosebomb. So, <laughs> so, I mean, we had a voucher and we were ready to go. And I hit him up immediately, man. Yeah. And so, how do you reach out to artists? Do you reach out to their management, or do you DM like what? I, so one or the other, both. Well, honestly, man, there's this thing called, uh, and you may be familiar with it, but there's this thing called Polestar. Yeah, I know about Polestar. Yeah, so if you get a little Polestar Pro account, you can get access to their agents and stuff like mm. that, and then kind of see a ballpark figure of what you might, yeah. what you, they might cost, or what you might offer, or whatever. And then so, hit him up. Sure enough, he was just right out of Nashville. Um, he's just getting started. And he is, he's just wonderful. And then I found out that he was opening up for Molly Tuttle at a Mill and Mind show. Cool. Um, I think just right around the time I was in contact with his agents and stuff. So did you get to do a little eyeball test? I, I had some other people, I was out of town, but I had some other people do it and cool. they, they're blown away. Cool. Blown away. And so it was great. So the how sl- old is he? I think he's probably in his twenties, man. Really? Already yeah, looks- so sounding like young John Prime. Oh man, it's great. Great, and he's just man. I can't wait for people to see him. I think he's going to be playing with a duo at Second mm. Bell, so that's going to be cool. Those are always fun. They are. It's a lot better. I mean, I'm not against just a person up there with a guitar, but I always think it's better when there's a little bit of layer. You know? Yeah, gotta, yeah. Gotta have a you gotta have at least two people. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, that's what I try to do typically. I mean, it's some people can do it, but it's hard. You know. You know, Rodrigo e Gabriela. Absolutely. That's a great duo. Man. And then Claypool kidding. and. Uh, uh, the, the duo de twang. I believe, oh, or, yeah, I yeah he's, that. he's got a good, and it's like, man, when, whenever two, whenever two instruments can sound like 12, you uh, know, you're into something. It's true, man. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. I mean, like a literate light from last year, man, yeah. from the, from the festival proper, that's just a duo and they make as, as much noise as a 10 piece band in some songs, you, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've always been real big about trying to get bands that are about to spring. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, I think we've done that again this year. And then, uh, so Gabley is one of those people, but there's yeah. there's more like that on there too. Have there been any that uh, that you've gotten in on early and then they were too big next time you came around? Yeah, literate like this year basically. Really? Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Book and Moon Taxi when they were really young. Hmm. Honestly, that that was Scott that took care of that. But 
you know, under the blank vest banner. That was, um, what year was that? I think it was 2014. Dude, so, I, I went to some of the first moon taxi show. Well, the first moon taxi shows after Wes Bailey yeah. joined the band. I didn't know about him like before. Grotto or, or well, in uh, Nashville, I went to a couple okay. shows in Nashville. Yeah. And went to Patrick Sullivan's up on the, whatever, third floor, whatever. Poor bastards had to lug all the gear up the stairs. Man, can you believe that? And it's like I saw some. Of the, I saw Jason Isbell up there. The first interview I ever did with the for the paper was this dude named Bro and Lawler, who is now the guitar player for St. Paul and Broken Bones. Really, but at the time he was Jason Isbell's drummer, or I'm sorry, a uh, guitar player. And I interviewed him and wrote his answers down on a bar napkin. Really, and on third floor, Patrick Sullivan. <laughs> How about that? You know, so yeah. I remember that venue well. Yeah, um, but any any other ones you can think of that have like that that you you got in on really early and you're and you're, yeah, like I I, I knew him when. Yeah, like I hear about people talking about Margot Price at the Pilot Light sure. or Sturgill at the Pilot sure. Light or you know Tyler Childers at Jig and Reel. Sure, stuff like that. Yeah, um, not too many just yet uh, in terms of. I mean, Illiterate Light is going to spring, I'm pretty sure. I think yeah. Devin Gilfillian, our held on her from yeah, two from, years ago. Yeah. He has got he got nominated for a Grammy. That's awesome. This last year, and he's uh, he's well on his way. Good. And I remember talking to him after the show, because I'm running around so much, sometimes I don't even get to talk to the artist at all. I bet. And so, but I made it a point. He was so soulful and so good and so mm. grateful to be there, because not all artists are like that. So I wanted to, I, he was in his van about to pull out, and... um I went up to him and said, hey, man, I really appreciate that. You know you're going to spring. Um, you think you're going to be able to enjoy the ride? Yeah. That's what I asked him. He just smiled. He's got this million-dollar smile. Yeah. He just smiled. He goes, man, I want to try, <laughs> you know, something like that, you know. And uh, he was so grateful. And what the best thing about it is, you know, I was talking a minute ago about how all this, like the family, all these people that helped me, um, they get very little reward for a lot of work. Really? And yeah. And so I think chief among them is probably Jess Hale and Daniel Fluitt. Okay. And so they have this thing called Tomahawk and it's, um, it's kind of a one-stop shop. They do, they like manage bands. They can set up logistics for festivals, artist hospitality, artist oh, check-in, cool. all this stuff. Kind of back-end stuff oh, for man. festivals? And, and they're the best in the business. Really? Yeah. Daniel's the best concessionaire. Like if you tell your distributor, in this town, if you tell them that, like your beer distributor, liquor distributor, that Daniel Fluitt's working it, they all just sit back in their chair and relax. Yeah, this is going to be an easy one for yeah, me. because they know he's got them, you yeah. know. So anyways, the great thing about that is we were kind of breaking down. So, you know, everybody kind of got to a point to where we could, all right, we're done for the night. We'll come back and break down the rest of this stuff tomorrow. Yeah. You know, we got overnight security, so we're good. Yeah. They ended up uh, running into Devin. The headliner down, mm -hmm. I, I, I guess, as he was going out or something. But they ended up going to Marie's and singing karaoke with him. Dude. So that's so cool. That, so that's a really cool moment for them that I was a little jealous about. But also, I'm so happy that they got to experience that. Yeah, they, they, that's, I mean, that that feels like it pays off your hard work to Man. get to go with the headliner. I was so happy. For yell that. into a microphone in the smokiest bar around. It's so true. Dude, I'm a, I'm a Marie's guy is that right i love marie's oh, man. i hadn't been there. Seen you in there i know i'm surprised too i was a little bit of a wednesday night guy okay. i like to go in okay. uh, on on uh, nights when it's not too busy so i, like I can sing a little bit more what are you seeing man oh dude um i'm uh i, I started off with some conway twitty okay. usually that that's kind of what got me into into okay. doing it and then mix some uh 
some Billy Joel in there right? and some uh, Paul Simon. I'll okay. do some Paul Simon, do some 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. I was That's about a, to ask which one. Yeah, that one. And then okay. uh, Billy Joel, uh, a good one I like is uh, uh, You May Be Right. I don't know if you know that song or not. I don't know if I do or not. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you know, they got Sturgill on the on the no. jukebox now. So. Damn, he's on the come up, huh? He is. That's how you know you've made it. Just if, when... you're, if you can sing karaoke at Marie's, you're in there. <laughs> oh, one of your songs, man, it's over. Yeah, exactly. You're in there, dude. I also like to know that my man Johnny, the KJ down there, is keeping up on the on the updates, oh, too. Man, you know, how about that? You know, he's not, he's not rolling with a 20-year-old catalog, <laughs> you know? That is, yeah, that's how you know, too. <laughs> it's a man that's a uh, golly i love all of that i love every bit of that man. So, uh, yelling into a a, a beer soaked microphone mm. seems like it's going to be a, one of the last things to come back from that COVID. probably <laughs> makes sense doesn't it <laughs> it seems like it's going to be like one it. of those things i've got to wait a little while right do you know anything about that knox box karaoke place that opened or didn't open no nah, i hope they make everybody bring their own microphones though uh, no. you said that like yeah <laughs> like some uh Shower caps, little mini shower caps for yeah, the for, for your microphone. I don't see why not. Yeah. No, I have. I don't know anything about it, man. Have you seen it? it nah, it's, it's on Gay Street. I've seen. I've walked by where I think it is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's about I, all I know about it. I read a write up about it, and then it never opened. And it was like right at the beginning of COVID. I was okay. like, this is going to work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. You it, can't get in a restaurant right now. Nah. You know, they're not going to let this place open. Nah. I mean. It's like uh, they should have just opened a buffet, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. With no sneeze guard. Uh, what are your so? What are your days at the festivals look like? You said you don't really get to see a lot of the shows. You're kind of working on stuff. I remember I read mm. an article one time with uh, Ashley Caps, and he was talking about like, you know, uh, I, I try my best to just be able to enjoy what I've put together. Yeah, you know, when the time comes. Yeah, and I I hope to achieve that goal one day too. Um, there's too much to be done. Well, I, I speaking of Ashley, there's one thing that he said. I think he, I think I can't remember if it was an interview I did with him or if it was something I read somewhere else. But I think it might have been one I did with him for blank. And I think he I remember him saying, if if the attendees don't even realize that that anything's going on, then you've done your job. Like it should just be completely normal for the attendees yes. and they should never see all the fire hoses and everything no. behind the scenes. And no, that, that just really resonated with me, you know? Yeah. So as long as you can keep it calm and as the, as kind of the leader of the ship or the captain of the ship or, or whatever you want to call it, it's your job. I feel like to keep everybody's, um, there's a certain morale. Like, yeah. Just morale has to be high. And there also has, there's going to be things that go wrong. So you have to be very level. Hmm. And just like nothing, you have to be just ice cold. Yeah, you freak out. Next guy's freaking out. He's freaked out four people by the time you turn around and start walking. You know. Yeah, it's like the telephone game. It's you exactly know? like the telephone game. So you got to just, you just got to be icy. You just yeah. got to. And so you try to plan as best you can. And then just, and I've always lived by what what he said. It was just you got to make sure that the the people on the outside. um I guess on the inside, really. I guess we're yeah, the ones everybody. on the outside. But the, yeah, everybody, nobody can tell that anything is amiss yeah. or, you know, a foot. Absolutely. And so hey. it's, but to answer your question, how those days, like, man, everyone's different. Every moment's different. There's a, I try to set up times where I can, like, if there's a certain song I really want to hear, because mm. a lot of times I can't hear whole sets, but they'll be like, okay, I want to hear this song by this band. 
I'll check that out and I'll try to put aside time. And then you got your radio on your shoulder. So if something hits, you got to go. But yeah. at least you try, you know? Yeah. So um, do you, uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, I don't know, man. I something. talk too much, man. No, 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 no. It was it was a good one. I forget I forget what it was off the top of my head. It'll come back to me. Okay, for sure. What's uh, up with that? What's up with that hat, man? I like that poncho. Yeah, it's this company that sponsors our uh, fly fishing film trips. Okay, and they make like uh, they make shirts like button down shirt like shirts. They make uh, like fishing shirts, but they're super good travel travel shirts too. They got pockets for your passport. They I got a little it. sunglass cleaner on the bottom of the on oh, the bottom man. of the shirt tail too. And they you got gotta a be kidding sp- me. No, and they got a little spot for your sunglasses to tuck in, like a little pencil holder on your shirt pocket. To, they're pretty cool. I have to show you one of the button downs. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, I'll buy one from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't have to. They, they, <laughs> they send them to us for free. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you were asking earlier how to get people to do stuff. Yeah. That's all you do is just, just yeah. ask. Be, right? be a brand ambassador. Man, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll wear it wherever. I'll wear it to the festival. Yeah. Dude, I think you would be good at um, what you're describing with your day-to-day at the fe- or what the days of the festival are like. Like, it reminds me a lot of, like, what really effective assistant directors do in, mm-hmm. in my business. Is but, that right? Yeah. So, it's like you've got this whole ship of professionals doing their job, staying in their lane, doing their thing. Um, but you have to be the one that, that kind of keeps it all moving in the right direction. Okay. And if, and the same thing you're talking about with problems and you have to think about it with every interaction you have with a person on a set, like if, if I'm panicked right now, they're going to panic. Mm-hmm. So it's like staying cool, getting everybody uh, on your team to do getting everybody behind you right. wanting to do something right. because because you you believe in it and you're a nice guy and you're not an asshole you're not yelling at them throwing them around the room you right, know right um dude you, it sounds exactly like what you're talking about on right? the day yeah dude damn y'all hiring yeah <laughs> <laughs> you should come I, I'll, I'll holler at you one time i'll okay. let you come uh you can come second ad for us You'll oh, work, you man. can work for the first ad and they, dude you would love it man i know i would it's I, such a it's such a cool thing i was just telling uh, some friends today and i was telling my girl i was like i was made to do this like it, i'm more at home i feel more comfortable in the chaos of running a music festival than i do any other time now the lead up to it is stresses me out quite a bit really i'm, I'm pretty chill most of the time but i end up man when when the gates open it's and it's on. I love it. Really? I'm just right. Is that the moment? Is that the release? Is that the tension mm-hmm. release for you mm-hmm. when the gates open? Yeah. And it's like, okay, we've done all this work. I think I mentioned this last time, but it's like when I was coaching football, like the, if you practice hard, then the games are easy. Yeah. So it's that's that's all that preparation. That's the practice. And then the game is like, all right, we're prepared. You know, we, yeah. we know what to do when this happens. We're always – and this is something I always tell everybody at the, at the beginning of it. It was like, all right, there's only one rule. Um, I'm not going to try to micromanage anybody. I'm pretty chill with everybody. Like, I trust you. I'll put you on places because I trust you all to be there. I'm not going to be all over you. If I am, then tell me to shut up and I'll mm-hmm. think about it. And if I'm wrong, I will. I yeah. promise. But the only rule is take the high road every time, mm. always. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And that's, and then let's break. Let's have, let's have fun. Let's keep everybody safe. Let's keep it rolling. Have some fun. It's amazing how much situations can devolve just because somebody's being an asshole mm-hmm. or because when if you take the high road you've already made your mind up right so no matter what happens in any situation if you take the high road 
your your path out of it is so much easier. Mm. And so if you make your mind up beforehand on that stuff, especially in the chaos of a music festival, man. And sometimes you gotta. I remember one time, man. I was oh man, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. I was uh, <laughs> I was coaching football, and this poor kid, man. He was. I mean, he was he was a good kid, a wonderful kid. He was pretty good at football. He just hadn't really played that much, you know. He didn't really. He, he didn't really know the plays. He didn't really know. So you can't really put somebody in if they don't know what to do. Yeah. So, and I tried, you know, I tried to work with him, tried to work everybody as best I could, but he just, he had a little bit of trouble getting the plays sometimes. So. Getting to play or getting the plays? Yeah, getting the plays. And so as a result, oh. he didn't get to play as gotcha. much. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, honestly, I was some of those kids. Like some, when I was the youngest kid on the team growing up, I didn't get to play much. And then when I was older, I got to start, you yeah. know, it's just part of it, but. Especially when you're like 10, 11, and 12. That's or, it. You know, That's big it. difference between a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So, and it's so funny how the, the the similarities between running a music festival and running a football team or being a part of running a football team, are, there's it's they're plentiful. Really? So this this kid's folks were getting on to me and uh, about not playing and stuff. Yeah. And they were saying some stuff that wasn't exactly true, but it was, I understand their perspective, sure. you know, and I always tried to understand, like, where is this person coming? I always try to figure out what's their why, you know? Yeah. So their why was they were upset because their kid wasn't playing. And he came to practice every day and he tried real hard. And I get it. So, but the long story short, it was after the game, he hadn't got in really. And, uh, man, they were all over me, just all over me. And it, it, one of the coaches came up because they saw him kind of yelling at me. One of the other coaches came up. And I was just cool as a cucumber. And uh, I was trying to talk. They kept like I couldn't get a word in. Right. And I said, you know what? The other coach came up, and I talked to. Him. I said, you know what? I'm just going to stand here and take it. <laughs> you said that out loud. I said that to the to the parents. I said, yeah. I'm just going to stand here and take it. So yeah. just whatever you got to do. Yeah. Say it. Yeah. And the coach beside me, it, it was you know how like you step on somebody's foot at church because you yeah. got to start laughing or something so yeah. hard you know Is that, like under the table. Was he about to die? He almost lost it. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say it. It just came right. out. I said, yeah. I'm just going to stand here and take it. It's like some inner dialogue is leaking out of my mouth right now. I know. And you know what? They didn't say another word. Really? It snapped them out of it, you know? Yeah. And so they realized they were being <clears throat> a little bit obtuse based off of the situation. It wasn't necessarily my fault and all that stuff. And, man, I have used that same that same uh, Tactic. ideology. <laughs> yeah. and maybe not saying the exact same thing, but yeah. I've used that same ideology with uh, situations and festivals and stuff. And it's, really? Diffuses stuff quickly. Yeah, because people are good inherently. I truly believe that. I do some, too. Sometimes they get sidetracked. Or sometimes they get on something, they get focused with it, and they lose the origin of what they were even mad about. Yeah. So sometimes you say some. There's, there's just certain things you can say and certain body language you can give people, you know? Might bring it back to planet Earth for a second. Exactly. Yeah. Just just snap out of it for just a second and yeah. we'll, we'll all be friends, you know? I remember what I was going to ask you. Okay. At uh, the festivals, are you ever doing blank work too, uh, interviewing people, or do you have staff there that's doing it? I do have I do have staff there doing it. Now, when I go to festivals that are not my own, then yes, I'm interviewing people, taking pictures and all that stuff. Cool. Me and Bill Foster running around in photo pits and stuff. It's yeah. fun. It is fun. But no, at, at the festival, we do pretty much everything beforehand. So we'll do previews and then we'll have, because previews sell more tickets than reviews, obviously. Yeah. So we'll try to do previews, but then we'll set up, we'll set up uh, interviews on site with other media outlets and stuff mm. like that. And Matt Rankin handles a lot of that. He's our editor at Blank. Yeah. So uh, Matt and Jen are both, Jen Rankin and Jennifer Duncan Rankin and Matt Rankin are both huge parts of the festival too. Cool. I've tried to figure out how to, how to do that with this is is the preview thing. And I hadn't really 
gotten a, a way to do it with touring acts. I can't figure it out. I don't want to do the Zoom thing. I don't want to do the phone thing. But like Theo Vaughn coming through doing two shows at the Tennessee Theater. Absolutely. I'd love to have him on the podcast and it would be tough to get him on, no doubt. But, you know, if he thought it might sell him an extra hundred tickets in Knoxville, he might sit down for an hour. Absolutely. He's got two shows, too. So I'm I'm a big I I don't know if we talked about Theo Vaughn last time or not, but I love him. Yeah, me too. I I think he's uh, he's so interesting, man. Even the things I don't agree with him about. Yeah, yeah. It's they're not so distracting that I'm like, I'm not going to not listen, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, but it's so funny you mentioned that because it's okay to answer your question. I think it would probably be as simple as. Going to Nashville, sitting down with him. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. I mean, you probably have to go to him. But yeah. It's so funny you mentioned that, though, because I I was going to – because he's – if you listen to his podcast, you know, he plays basketball a lot. Oh, yeah. And so he's always playing basketball when he's in L.A. and stuff. And so I was thinking – I was going to get with – I was going to try to ask Lock and Key if they would – I wanted to do an interview with him, but I wanted to do oh, – One-on-one? Playing horse or one-on-one or something while we were Dude, doing the interview. that's such a great idea. I know. So I was like, man, let's do that. Let's set that up. And, of course, I got too busy. I forgot about it. Yeah, but it's He'll so. He'll be here next month. I know. In a month and a half. You want to go? Yeah. You already got tickets? No, uh, I've got two two groups of guys who who want to okay. get tickets. Okay. Um, after the Dave Chappelle incident of whatever year that was, mm-hmm. I think the seven thirty show is looking pretty good to me. You are probably right. You my think? Man. Yeah, yeah. Because who knows? I mean, I don't know. Dave Chappelle's like my favorite comedian ever, probably other than maybe I don't know Steve Martin or Bill Murray, but yeah. Goodness gracious! I don't know how that was embarrassing. It was horrible, man. Were, you, went, at, were you at the either of those shows? No, I wasn't. I, I was at the early one. Well, well what do you think? What do you think? It was great. Yeah. It was an hour set from one of the most legendary comics of our um, of, of our generation in my favorite indoor venue in America. What could go wrong? You what know? could go wrong? Well, apparently a lot can go wrong <laughs> at the ten o'clock show. People have been drinking liquor for yeah. four hours waiting to get in there and heckle the dude yeah. when he's on the come come up from some you know mental breakdown type stuff. Goodness gracious! Heckled him. He gave him fifteen minutes and then double double birded him. Flipped everybody off and left the stage. He only got fifteen minutes oh, of Chappelle, and it was probably all shitty. It probably. I mean, it, I couldn't have done. I I wouldn't have done one minute if it was like that. You he know? did all he was contractually obligated to do, and yeah. then he left. Well, I don't blame him if they're going to get on to I mean, people got to have respect for the stage, man. Yeah. This is art. It's somebody letting their letting their soul out there, you know? Yeah. So I think the 730 Theo show is the way to go. That's probably the way to go. And then, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we can we can look up his manager and agent stuff. Yeah. Set it up. I love Let's that. Do Let's do it. That'd be fun. Dude, you know what I want to do uh, is like some kind of calendar um, for what's going on in town on this show. Okay. Like in the intro or something like that. i tell you what. Maybe man, we could work together and do something. Let's like do that. that. I'm working on something with another, um, another local publication mm-hmm. um, that is going to be out very, very soon. Yeah. And once that pops, I'll, I'll let you know. Cause okay. it's, it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be cool. something kind of new that's never been done in this town. Cool. And I think it'll be very it'll be very good for everybody. Can you say any more than that? Probably not. Probably okay. shouldn't at this point. And I hate to be like that. No, no, no. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And it's gonna be it's gonna highlight things in a different way. Cool. I I think there's so much cool stuff going on around here that I just either don't hear about and I miss it mm-hmm. or I it, it sneaks up on me before I right. make plans. But you know, if you hit somebody over the head with something, oh, you know, once a week, you remind them about that show at Barley's, remind them about the festival, whatever Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, I think yeah. it's like, 
And that's what I think we try to do on this podcast anyway, is like just prop up the community, make, make the community, make the show what badass artists and entertainers we've got in this fucking town, man. Well, that's what it is, man, because they're so, it is, it's honestly, they make our job easy, don't they? Because there's yeah. so plentiful. I was, when people used to ask me like, well, how do you, how do you find stuff to write about every month? Like, man, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's there's, an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. My job is so easy because there's so much talent in this town. There's so much. And I didn't even realize it until I started the paper. I mean, did you, have you noticed, like, are you, are you more proud of, of this town uh, since you started doing this podcast? Um, in, a, in a different way. I'm proud of the depth and the texture and the history of, of all of it. Okay. Um, but I, I, I think the reason I started it to begin with is because I was so proud of all of this, stu- the, 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 these, these stories, this history, these artists that are meaningful, uh, that have been doing stuff for a long time that people don't know the stories about them that I know, or that I've heard anecdotally, right. like they don't, they don't put it all together because they don't care. You know, they, they don't think about it as, uh, as a, a monolithic scene or oh, as man. a monolithic piece of history. Yeah. They just, you know, Oh, Cruz is playing at Barley's tonight or, you know, moon taxi came through town last week or right. whatever. Like right. it's, it's just, I, I think that like putting all these stories together has been, um, it's definitely deepened my pride. Mm-hmm for for what we got going on here but it, it's it, i think more than anything is it's made me realize there's a hell of a lot more than i knew about to begin with okay because i'm getting people sent my way that i've never you know heard of before um and and then we're sitting down and we're having these conversations um but you know guys like travis wyrick i've been interested i've been hearing about him for 20 years yeah, you know I listen to your man i love that one yeah i mean it was, it was it. cool it's like again like the legend thing you're sitting down with somebody who's done some done some pretty amazing stuff and meaningful work. And it's always been like this mysterious, mm-hmm. just faceless name <laughs> for me. Sure. But to sit down and, and, and talk with somebody like that for an hour, it just helps. Uh, it, it, it helps write another page in the book, I think. Well, I something I'm glad you mentioned that because when I heard your um, your interview with Todd not long ago, I guess, what was it? Last it was week? last week. Yeah. Last week, yeah, last week. So I, when I was I listened to that and I was like, he, he brought up something really good that was at, towards the end of it. And I think he said, you know, when he was coming up, you know, a couple of decades ago, there wasn't, there not a whole lot of long-term or long-form journalism, yeah, you know? Not at all. And so he was, I, I like the way he referenced that coming through his lens when he said, when he, the way he talked about it and how this is going to be a great way to document. Yeah. You know, the present and the past and the future. I was absolutely flattered when he said that because I don't, I I hadn't, I've thought about it in that way, but I've never heard somebody else say that back to me. So for him to think it's even, you know, I I think it's, you know, it's, it's a service, but I think it's important and I think it's meaningful, but to hear somebody else think it's even bigger and more than that was like, man, like maybe, maybe we're onto something. Yeah. Man, and it's well, he was right. That was the moment when I was like, man. In fact, I think I I might hit you up right after that. Really? I think so. <laughs> it was inspiring, man, because it was true, you know. Yeah. And that's why I just think it's great that it's great that we got this. You're gonna have to have a Christmas party, man, with everybody that um, everybody you've had on. Dude, I want I want to do a festival. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Get all the art. Well, I don't know anything about that, man. Good luck. Good luck on that, man. Should do a Christmas party though. Well, you well I, yeah, I was don't. You can do a festival if you want, man, but I think I'm going to retire from festivals and right start being an assistant director. I think you should. You want to just switch? Yeah. Let's just trade, man. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> that'll work. Dude, uh, you think Scott West would be a good fit for the show? I feel like he's one of those dudes that kind of embodies the embodies the podcast for me. It's somebody that I don't know that I'm 
super interested in them and their and their story. I think the town is super interested oh, yeah. in him and his story. Oh, yeah. And what you have out there is what you can read in a newspaper. Sure. Or I think he did a Haller and Hilton Hill yeah. interview, two part thing, which I haven't checked out. Yeah. But what I, was that the anything is possible thing? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah. I think he did that and told the whole told the whole yeah. story. Um, but you know, I'd like to I'd like to put a put a spin on it from here because I you know, I'm curious well absolutely well the first thing i'd say is how good is your equipment how long how long will one session last (laughs) we're gonna have to plug this up to uh house power yeah man so you're gonna have to get a generator out here or something man because no i'm only kidding he 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 would agree with me he knows he knows that about himself gift of gab oh my gosh he loves it and i love it too i love being around him um he taught me so much and he would definitely it'd be it'd be a two-parter though i bet that's cool i've done one two-parter before who was it, John Worley? Uh, no, that was kind of two separate deals. Okay. Uh, Curtis Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did two separate ones with him because we couldn't get it all in. We had I got a hard out, and we had to quit the first one. And we were like, we're, we're not even, we're not even, not even close. Not right? even close. He came back the next week, and we did another one. I released him two weeks in a row, but it was two separate, two separate. Uh, I got you. Deals. Yeah, I, I got you. I, I now, now my first when I interviewed uh, Sam Thomas on here, the who actually produces the show, he. Uh, me and him sat down and did three hours on the mic the first time we talked. I didn't know him that well. I was getting yeah. his whole story. I didn't know how much he could talk. He he's he's a good talker okay. too. And uh it was a three and a half hour podcast. And I was like, man, this is like episode four. Like I can't be coming out of the gate with a three and a half hour podcast, episode four. Like people are saying hours too long, man. Like can you come back and let's do it right. again? Like I started to cut it down and I was like, no, this isn't this isn't even close. This I got is gonna you. be awful. That's some Rogan stuff, though, man. He can get by all of it. his are three hours long. It's crazy, but he's it? the the he's a category, and you know, it's like that's interesting. He's his own category. Yeah, he on Spotify. There's there's you know, uh, uh, like Rogan. jazz, rock, uh, 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 podcast. Yeah. Joe Rogan. He's got his own fucking button on Spotify. Man. Blows my mind, man. I, I know. I think it blows his mind too, though. That's, that's one of the things I like about him. I don't think he's. I think he's just doing his own thing, and then here we are. Yeah, I think he is. Um, yeah, I, he's become bro, bro. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the, the what all the dudes look to to get their opinion. I guess almost. That's, I you guess know, that's a good point. It's kind of dangerous though. A it little can be, bit. It, oh, it can be. Thank God he's dangerous. got a head on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, most of the time I feel like he does. And I, yeah, I mean, I'm, if it's gonna be somebody, I guess it's better him than some other people. But true that. You know, yeah, it's, somebody it, with an agenda. It seems like he doesn't necessarily have one he's willing to uh, uh uh assess both sides of a situation yeah. and then make a decision that he thinks is right i feel like he doesn't care what anybody thinks and i think that's he's i think he's on the good side of that instead of the bad side of that yeah there's obviously the two coins side. you know yeah. two sides of the coin there but yeah, yeah man um I, you know it's just i'm really glad that you're doing this Thanks. and it really is like todd i think he nailed it on the head when he said you're doing a service like because this will live forever man do you ever think yeah. about that yeah I do, I do think about that and uh that's got given me more uh that's given me more uh appreciation and, and drive to do it too is it's not just some throwaway thing you know it'll be there and that's another reason why i think it's cool is because you know your grandkids might learn something about oh, you if man. they ever find this uh, VHS uh, cassette tape in the attic or whatever. You know? Oh man, exactly. Yeah, it's, like I said, man. I've, that's the last interview we did, man. That's my favorite thing, favorite interviews I've ever done with anybody. Cool. It just hit all the right topics, and, and it just—I yeah. felt like it was me, man. I, if that lives, if that's what people, you know, when I'm gone, if that's what people know about me, I'd be just fine with that. Yeah, you it's know? good. 
That's exactly that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got coming up besides the the festival? And um, we, we didn't name the Tyler L- Lara. Oh, uh, yeah. Tyler Larrabee. Larrabee. What's the name of his festival? His festival's New Ground, man. New Ground. Yeah, New and Ground it's, Festival. It's at Lakeshore, right? It's at Lakeshore Park, yeah. And um, it will be, I think, September 12th, Sunday, September 12th, if I'm not mistaken. And so, um, but man, he's, he's like I said, I'm real proud of him. He's you done a great job. You mentoring him a little bit? I don't know. I guess so. Um He's he's got his own thing going though, man. He don't really need me anymore. Really? So yeah, he's he's good. He, he's the fastest learner I've ever been around, probably. Isn't it nice to see that? Yeah, and it's like, you know, I want to grow the family tree. Yeah. You know, I want. It's sometimes I think about that. I don't know if you're supposed to think about your legacy or not. I don't know if that's healthy or not, but sometimes I do. Like, what what have I per- left? Yeah. You know, what have I left to other people? What what can people? Yeah, I think it's a good uh, frame of reference to provide accountability for yourself. I think so, and I think that's where it is. Like, I don't want to make any, you know, too awful bad mistakes. To I don't want to let him down or anybody else that's yeah that's in that same lineage. And I also don't want to let people down who are above me on the family tree. You know, all the people that helped me out. And the last thing you did is what people remember after you die. You know, so that, you, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a shame, but I get it. Yeah. You know, I get it, but and it's also. Um, it's just so important to support your fellow people who are grinding the same way you are, you know, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. And he's, you know, he's younger than you. He's, mm-hmm. you know, half, half our age, you know, and, he, and crazy, he's, literally. Know, yeah. And he's, and he's doing it. And I think, um, I've always thought that people are always willing to help you if you know, if, if you can explicitly say what you're trying to do. And it sounds like this dude's got, got uh, a path in the right direction he's he's got his eyes on the prize he does man you'll have to have him on here man i'd love to get a chance he is uh and i heard you and kelsey walker talking about i remember she met she brought up new ground oh Um, yeah did she yeah i i I didn't have yeah she did i didn't have that uh frame i didn't have i didn't have that frame of reference yet so and it was cool because i was so glad and um Man, it's just, I was like, oh, that was the moment when I was like, oh, I need to see if he wants to get Tyler on here. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you always, you always got your ear to the ground on stuff. So, dude, I had an 18 year old kid on here. Um, uh, Evan Turner is his name. Yeah. He's the drone racing league world champion. Okay. And sharpest kid. Oh, man. I, Sharp, I mean, he's, he's the sharpest adult I know. And he's, <laughs> you know, and he, and, he, and he turned 18, though, you know, a week before he came over. And it's yeah. like, it gives you so much faith in the future when, because you, I don't know. I feel like you, millennials have always been this, you know, lazy generation right. or whatever, but every generation has done that right. to the one behind them. Right. You know what I mean? It's so true. And so it's so, you know, it's easy to look down and, and, and bad mouth the generation coming up. And it's so nice to be able to see like, there is some serious, some, some serious emotional intelligence coming out of 18 year olds right now. And, and you wouldn't think there would be with people buried in their phones for the last 15 well, the years. Way, yeah. I mean, we're taught to believe like, and that's why, like when I was coaching football, I was always like, man, these kids are the same as I was like, what's there? I'd watch, you watch the news or you hear, you get on, well, you get on Facebook or something like that. And people are like, Oh, this is, everything's different. You know, the good old days and all that yeah. stuff. And I'm like, man, you gotta go coach these kids at football. See, it, yeah, they're it's the, the exact same, same thing. Yeah. And but it is really great whenever you know what I think the difference is though, is I wasn't doing what they're doing at 18. So and I don't know anybody else that was doing what they're doing at 18. So maybe if anything, and this is not everybody, but the best among them, they're probably doing better than we were, probably. and probably by a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hope so. 
I mean, they better because we're going to get old. They're going to have to take care of us, I man. Know. That's what I'm hoping for. Man, they're going to have to take care of us. So, Tyler, if you're listening to this, when I get old, <laughs> you got me, right? <laughs> <laughs> what else you want to talk about? What else What else we need to... I want to talk about Neil Francis, too, man. Who's that? So, he's this dude. He kind of sounds... It reminds me of like Stevie Wonder. Or, uh, he's an artist? Yeah, he's, he's playing the festival. He's got... Uh, he's like the second name on the bill as it stands right now. So, he's going to be probably right before Houndmouth. Okay. Uh, and it, was that on Saturday night? It probably will be. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably right. Um, but so he is so good, man. He's probably the one I'm most excited about in terms of um, seeing for the first time. Well, I, I actually saw him at Barley's. Okay. Kyle Prebyshevsky booked him on like a Monday or Tuesday not long ago. Maybe, I don't know, it's probably a year and a half ago now. But man. Is that how you say Kyle's last name? Yeah. And I, I nailed will, it. I will not say it again because uh, I won't do that. Well, if I think about it, it's, yeah, you know, mess it up. won't work. There's no vowels in it. <laughs> I don't think there is. I mean, unless, uh, no, no. I don't think, yeah, you're right. There's not. So, but uh, yeah, that's it. So, but anyways, he booked, he called me. He's like, man, you want to check this one out? And sure enough, he was right. And he also booked Black Pumas over there. Mm. He's done a great job booking. So that's why I, one of the reasons why I want to partner with Kyle on the after shows is because he's got great taste in music and does a great job booking yeah. Barley's, you know? He's kind of one of those unsung heroes around here that's that's programmed a good stage at Barley's. You better believe it, man. I'm glad you said that, too, because um, I used to have – I started these breakfasts. It was like me and Garrett and Kent from Born and Raised and – Landon, the aforementioned Landon, and Kyle, Wayne Bledsoe, and Jess and Dan, you know, from Tomahawk that yeah, I mentioned yeah. earlier. We would have these breakfasts, um, and basically the whole reason was just to get everybody on the same page uh, musically, because I know mm. we're just trying to make sure everybody's getting along and everybody's staying privy to each other's information, who we're trying to book. Put a super I'm board together. Trying to, man, yeah. yeah. So we're talking about maybe bringing those breakfasts back, but I think it's really important to work together on these things instead of working against each other. I yeah. think that's a huge, huge thing that could work really well for Knoxville. And that's not an original idea I had, no. but, but it's just something I think is very important. Yeah. Well, it's too, it's, it's too small of a, too small of a space to be an asshole for too long without getting, without getting it, you know, what you going said. the wrong way for you. What you said, you yeah. know, thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just true. And it's also so like. So it works itself out, really. It, man. People just behave in the way that is sustainable. Things always work themselves out, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. That's why I don't worry about too much. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, Kyle does a great job. But Neil Francis. Yeah. He is going to. So he plays a, plays a piano, plays keys. He's a wonderful human being, too, just as a person, you know, as far as I know. And um, very personable. And I'm just so looking forward to him. Um we may even get two shows out of him. Who knows? You know, so That's cool. Yeah. So, get a little, it, or what about a guest spot? Does that ever happen at your festivals? Uh, you like, never know. Yeah. You never know, Ben. Man, you ask the good questions, don't you? Uh, <laughs> you going to Bonnaroo this year? You taking Bonnie? Uh, I should, shouldn't I? Yeah. I should take her back to the motherland oh, before man. she before she uh, if she's gets getting, too old. If she's getting, man, if it ever, I hate to say this, but if it ever gets to that point, man, it might you might have to just. Like yeah, and let her I think there's a newspaper article there somewhere. Oh, a little, a little story. Oh about, gosh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn. I, well, you know, I used to. I, I'm an assistant director now, but I used to. <laughs> I used to run a newspaper and do the festival or whatever. I, I still, I think, I still know some people in the field. Yeah, though. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bonnie, man. Yeah. I, man, I just that is so cool. You got your dog from Bonnaroo. Yeah, yeah. She was so just cool. A, she was just a pup. She was little. I got to post some pictures of her so people can see how small she was. Tis the season, too, you know? Yeah. 
Everybody loves them dogs. Tis the season, man. Yeah. It's not too bad hot in here, is it? No. It's a little steamy. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty good, though. Yeah. What else we got? So I think, um, you know, we've got the comedy stage this year is going to be really cool. Okay. I didn't know you had a comedy stage. Yeah. So the comedy stage is going to be really cool. And then we've also got a silent disco that I'll talk about in just a second. But yeah. I don't know how long we've been going. I don't want to keep you yeah, We're good, night, dude. We're good. But basically. I just want to make sure we hit all the yeah. hit all the things that people need to know for for second bell. Yeah. So, um, Rowan Young, she just won uh, a reader's poll in Blank, the Knoxville's finest reader's poll for best comic. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's she's killing it. She's uh, just, that's all anybody wants to talk about in the comedian scene. Really? Lately around here. Does she her. do mics? Or yeah, yeah. Where she's, at? Ho- she's hosting some too. She's okay. all over, man, as far as I know. She's hosting some. She's done some, um, even some food truck parks. and. Oh, cool. You know, I. I'm not exactly sure where all she's done them, but I know that she's been all over the place. And so she is taking the reins on Friday night's comedy slate. She's going to MC it. She's going to perform and she's got, um, she's got her own collective and then playboy man, baby, of course <laughs> will be, uh, he's taking care of Saturday nights. Does he do stand up? He does. Yeah, he does stand up. He's doing he's real big into magic now too, man. He, really? he'll blow your mind with some card tricks, man. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I, I'm really it's really interesting to me. I met him for the first time on a Peak Physique music video that we shot. Like, oh, that makes sense. A couple months ago. Did y'all do that role. for McAdoo's thing for the Entrepreneur Center? Or was that no, different? it was for something else. It was just for for one of their singles okay, that you. they're putting out. Yeah. It's called Kickstart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it was fun. I I met that dude and and Will Wright was telling me about him. He was like what 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 did he say? He was like it it this guy wanted nothing more than to go on like Top Chef or something yeah. like that. And he was like, and I'll be a son of a bitch <laughs> if he didn't make it happen. It, was sure it did. Top Chef? Yeah. Was it really? It's, I think and so. And he's not it's really a cook or a chef. No, <laughs> but he was on there, dude. He's just that interesting, you know. <laughs> and it was I mean, I think he I mean, I he hasn't cooked for me personally, so I can't yeah. speak to his uh his his accolades there, but <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but he was on the show. Man, I don't even know why I'm looking for food trucks now that you say that. <laughs> yeah. Just get him to curate the food area. You know him from Top Chef. Yeah. as Yeah, you know him from Top Chef. Everybody playing Boy May, baby. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So he's going to do a spot on the comedy stage? So he's hosting and emceeing and well, as well as performing on okay. Saturday night. And that'll cool. be uh, through the evening. And so uh, Rowan's group that she's part of is called Tiny Stage Comedy. Okay. So I'm really cool. looking for that. So look that up if you're out there listening. It's, yeah. it's quite good. And I think she's got I think she's got a lot of uh, wonderful opportunities in front of her. She's just delightful, too. Yeah. I met her not long ago. She's delightful. I like that people are getting interested in comedy around here. There's mics popping up all over the place. People are, people are going and doing five minutes and trying to build something. And then some people are rising to the top, it sounds like. It's true, man. And also, like, there's so many people that are probably going out and seeing comedy that haven't done it in a long time because they've been cooped up in their house for so long. Yeah. So I think there are probably more people. Hopefully, there's going to be more people that check that kind of stuff out. Like, you know what? I've always wanted to check yeah. out comedy. We've been sitting home for a year and a half. Yeah. Let's go check this out. Well, uh, so is it still the Mackie stage? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yes, it'll still be the Mackie stage and the blank stage. Um, I might switch it to where the Mackie stage is the main stage. Okay. Yeah. So I just feel like that makes more sense, you know? Really? I do. I do. I think we're getting there, and I think we want to, you know, if we have, this is our most successful year ever, which it appears as though that might be the case. You never know. But if that's the case, I'd like for him to be 
up there on top of the main stage for the final band yeah. that he's playing. Uh, you know, after they play the last notes, I want to look up there and yeah. give him a little salute. You well, know? in case nobody heard the last podcast, you want to give the story behind that? Can you? Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. Um, so basically, like, uh, golly, what's the really short version of this? <laughs> so basically, I uh, had a great friend um, that had a paper called Open Vibe. Um, it was in, gosh, it was probably, I guess the, it probably ended around 2007 when Blank started. Yeah. But I had covered, uh, his name was Kevin Mackey, and he worked at the Smoky Mountain Herald with me. He was a designer, along with the aforementioned Chris Silcox. So anyways, he, uh, we got an argument, because I'd covered Bonnaroo for the Open Vibe, that paper he'd started. Yeah. It just came out every now and then. He barely printed it. So we got in a big argument, and I walked. It, we were at his house in North Knoxville. And uh, I walked home all the way to South Knoxville because we got that argument ended with, he was like, you just need to start your own damn paper. And I was like, fine, I will. So walk home <laughs> for no reason, really. Just to prove a point. That, that was that was, <laughs> that was was what it was. So then the next day he wakes up, or I wake up, I call him. He's like, hey, man, I'll, I'll help you start that paper. So sure enough, I did. Coming up, you know, we did Blank Fest. We did um, several shows, got involved with Wayne Stock. He was always my biggest supporter, man, just a – most kind person I've ever met and always will be. I'd say it'd be hard to beat, hard to be him. And so he got real sick before the first, second bell. And, uh, it just ended up, he just didn't, he didn't quite make it. Yeah. But when he was in the hospital, I was helping him fill out his insurance forms and stuff. And I was telling him that I'm going to do something nice for you at this festival, you know, and you're going to see it. So he's like, that'd be great. But he wasn't very hopeful. You know, at that point, he kind hopeful? of hopeful. Yeah, wasn't very hopeful. He he kind of knew what was going on. And yeah, kind of accepted it, and he was living with it. So, yeah, damn. Yeah, it's part of it, though. You know, and so, but like, you know, like I said last time, I just want to find a way to keep him with us. You know, let's let him live on. Let's let him live on. Yeah, man. You know, let's let him live on. So that's why we named it the Mackey Stage. He didn't quite make it to the festival, right. but as far as I could tell, he was right there with us. And you know? give him top billing this time, man. Man, why not? He'll right? love it. I think we just made that decision, Ben. Did we? Yeah, I think we did. I appreciate it. that. Yeah. So let's do that, you know? Yeah. So how mouth will close it down most likely okay. on the Mackey stage, and that'll be great. Give me the dates one more time. August 27th and 28th. And we'll have those after shows at Barley's and High Wire, and we'll have comedy on Friday and Saturday night. We'll have a silent disco with Midnight Voyage, man, Midnight Voyage is making a little return to the music business. Really? Yep, Brian Coakley is back. So I don't know if you do you know Brian. Oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking of Captain Midnight. He used Midnight to run. Um, he used to run the inter- international and concourse and uh-uh. stuff. He was like one of the youngest. What's his name? Brian Coakley. Okay. It's, it's Midnight Voyage. So he used to run. He started the Midnight Voyage radio show on 90.3. Uh, that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. It was a Midnight Voyage radio show. And then show. out of that was birthed his production company. And then out of that was birthed um, his ownership of, I mean, I think he was in his 20s when he owned the International and, and Concourse, when he was running, running those venues. But uh, I think that's the lineage. I'm not sure. I, my chronological order might be wrong. But but anyways, he is. Uh, he helped out with the with the monster mash and then ended up DJing that had such a great time. I did too. He's just such a great person to work with. Man. What's he going to do for the, he's for bringing, second bell? So he's going to, he's kind of in charge of the 
Silent Disco, Midnight Voyages. Oh, put he's going to DJ disco. the Silent Disco. Yeah, and he's also okay. arranging some other artists. Other local DJs are going to be. So it's going to be a Silent Disco, but it's going to be live. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be. It's instead of like. That's some, how I've always known him to be. Really? Yeah, uh, because I'd only done it at like Bonnaroo or whatever, where there's a real DJ up right. there. So that's how it'll be for this too. But you didn't have three options when when uh, when I was doing it. Everybody was just listening to the same thing. I see. But now you have like red, green, or blue, right? You right. click it on your headset and it tells it tells everybody or tells it sure. shows what you're listening to. Right. And so you can look around and all the blue people are on the same yeah. beat and all the green people are on the same beat. And I love all the red it, people are on the same beat. I love it. And that's, you know, born and raised, those cats, they they got those, they bought those headsets, man, and they've been staying busy with them ever since, which it's for good reason, man. That stuff's a lot of fun. It really is a lot of fun. Is so, that going to be at the festival mm-hmm. festival on yeah, the ground? So, so that what we'll do is we've got a that third stage. Um, so we've got the, the comedy stage, stage. The stage and the comedy stage slash EDM. I think my homeboy, uh, Steve Hines said we should call it the he, he, he DM stage, Yeah, which, uh, probably isn't going to be what it is, but it's at least clever. It's a good start. You know what I mean? Well, what's it mean? Just he, he, he. Oh, laughing. DM. I thought you were t- talking about some pronouns there for man, a it's, second. It's hot in here, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, you can't get in like, I feel like I, yeah, my mouth's sticking together. <laughs> the mirage in front of you over here. It's like, like the desert. Oasis. Yeah, oasis over there. Yeah. But yeah, man, it feels great. And um, so I, we'll, we'll figure out something to call it. But that's what it's going to be. It's basically going to be the comedy stage during the day and then the EDM stage during the night. So I think it's a good fit. And then we'll have some after shows with some more EDM yeah. probably. What's the sound ordinance? What time do you have to quit? Uh, Probably about around 10 o'clock. Okay. So we always try to be really respectful of the neighborhood. Yeah, they're lo- they're they're um, they're uh, very hospitable to have you. Well, it's true. And they're a very important piece of the puzzle. And that doesn't go – that's not lost on us. You know, we got to make sure we're keeping everybody as happy as we possibly can. And we, we try to go door to door as much as we can, man. Really? Introduce yeah. yourself to people? Yeah. Let absolutely. them know what's going on? We even did that last year for the MASH um, – let the neighbors know what's up. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way, dude. I think so. Talking like talking about bringing productions to a neighborhood or, mm-hmm. or filming somewhere. Like do y'all do that a lot. Yeah, we kind of have to. I mean, we have locations teams that go out and like let the neighbors know what's going on. Knock on their door if they're not there, leave them a note or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing worse than you know grip trucks blocking the street and you're trying to leave for work in the morning. You didn't know it was there. People can get pissed. Oh, of course. I mean, I would too. Probably I'd be like, yeah. just let me know at least. You know. Yeah. That's good, man. You guys are you guys are empathetic, an empathetic organization. We try, man. We're just human beings trying to figure it out, just like everybody else. And I think that's uh, I think that's interesting. The, all the parallels you're talking about between our our industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, man. Tell me. So what what is the most what's the most exciting thing? You got anything you're really looking forward to right now? Like specifically, or is it kind of just like good pro- to be back? Project wise, yeah. Is it just good to be back in general? Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm looking for I've got a, a couple projects right now that I'm looking forward to big time. We're we're filming a uh uh well we just we went to South America and filmed a, an outdoor film for a film festival, the Fly Fishing Film Tour uh in the International Fly Fishing Film Festival. We're hoping to get into one of those. We have a relationship with them. They kind of told us how they how the film would have a, the best shot of getting in and okay. we got in last year to both of those festivals. So I feel if we make if we make a decent product, we'll 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 get in, which is which is good. But that was a, a fly fishing film, and then um, I'm working on another fly fishing film locally right now that we're still shooting. We finished that in two weeks. Um, that's uh, a, a, a fly fishing for carp film, which is kind of a kind wow. of a, yeah, like a weird thing, you know. <laughs> that, you got any uh, carp flies over there? Yeah, I got some. I'll okay. show you some okay. before before we before we bounce. And then uh, uh, we've got some like 
TV development stuff going right now. That's, that's going great. And, um, producing the show that we shoot in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Uh, it's a show for a doctor. Um, that's like this kind of hippy dippy dude. That's like getting like, don't take all these pills. Just like, <laughs> here's how you need to live. Okay. And that's a, it's, it's a really fun. I love that. Show. Yeah. I, I, I love it too. And then, um, also like the, the uh, I've got some podcast projects coming up that I'm not hosting or anything like that, but that we're you know producing for some clients. Oh, that's like cool. That. That'll be and like, do they know you're the, your, the clients that you're dealing with or whatever? Do they know that you've, you've been doing this? Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really know that. Like I, I ran into them and, and that's cool. And, and they were like, oh, I love your podcast, man. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I didn't. Thank you. Now I know who listens to this thing because I see the numbers and I'm right. like, who are these people that are <laughs> listening to this fucking thing? Like, I, like well, you I, know, it's not your friends, man. Your friends never support your uh, artistic endeavors. Yeah, yeah it's At least definitely in, not my in friends. My, in my experience, nah, my friends are great. Enough, my my friend, my friends are def, are definitely supportive, but uh, but <laughs> it, that it, it has like some of our clients that we've already had relationships with are like they know that I'm the dude if they want to do one. That's that, awesome. That, that, that we can we can sort it out for them. So that's kind of that's kind of what I'm. What I'm pumped about, but this dude, just keeping this thing going. Yeah. Make it to a hundred episodes. Oh, you're close. You're getting there. Yeah. Getting there. Man, let me say this though. I've been saving this for you. So I was practicing my. You recognize that? No. That's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, is it? Yeah. Dave Chappelle. And that was it. I don't have any other news. I just wanted to do that. Dude, I was looking at your Facebook page earlier and I saw that you were like, your profile photo is like, is Robin Hood or something, isn't it? Yeah, man. That's my favorite movie of all time. Robin Hood's definitely my favorite character. Um, Real or fictitious, you know. So, but no, the news is there's really is news. Yeah, uh, you uh, you got Knoxville's finest uh, podcast. In, Thanks, man. In playing newspaper. I mean, I didn't vote. I can't vote, man. I don't vote on that stuff. It's the readers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. The re- Wait, the readers poll. You won. So it's. I just sent it to the printers today. For real? Yeah. So it hasn't. That's that's news to you and everybody else. So, dude, congratulations thank you. on that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? It's really well deserved. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. Can I get a plaque? I mean, is Can- this not enough? <laughs> <laughs> I did the dun, 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 dun. Is that not good enough? Man? I, I didn't know where you were going, dude. <laughs> thank you. You're, yeah, the look on your face was wild. Uh, th- thank <laughs> like, you. What's he doing? What's he doing? Dude, that's uh, awesome. I, you know what? You deserve it, though. And I was so glad to see you. Like I said, I don't vote. So it's always fun for me to see the, the winners come through and. I was just so grateful that you won, man. Dude, thank you. Dude, I loved it. Oh, news news is out. Yeah, man. So it is now. And then um, I can't remember. We list the winners and runner-up. And yes, we do have a plaque for you. It'll be. And actually, Status Serograph, the homie Justin Helton, he's the one that designed the 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 plaques or whatever. What awesome. You will. So you can hang it up in here if you'd like, man. 20- dude, first piece of hardware. Yeah, dude. It's And you know what? I'm glad to be the first if that's the case. Yeah, you are. I've got a, I've got a stencil over there that is the, uh, that, that's uh, of the podcast logo, but that's, that's the only thing hanging on the wall. Oh yeah, that is dope. Kind of looks like, reminds me of MF Doom or something. Well, dude, you do such a service for the community, both with the paper and also with the music stuff and we're so lucky to have you dude ah, well i really appreciate everything you do and um keep keep it keep it up i know i know that it's it's not easy right 
And it's, it's probably, there's probably times when you're wondering if you're doing the right thing or not, if you're anything like me. Oh, big time. You're like, am I, am I, should, should I go, should I go be an assistant director? I think that's, I mean, <laughs> I, this is pretty much it. I don't think anybody's ever going to see me again, man. I'm getting on a plane to LA. I, I'm leaving there. I'm close to the airport already. Yeah, dude. You'd be great at it. Oh, but, man. but really, thank you so much for, for everything and well, keep ben, up the good you, work. man. I mean, I feel the same about you, man. I think Thanks. we're all in this together, you know? all these creators and even people like if anybody's hearing this and just wants to give something a shot, like why not? Now's a perfect time. We just got through with the great reset. Yeah, exactly. Go get it. Go try it. Who cares? No rules anymore. Nah, go, go do it. Nobody go margaritas. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Take advantage of that. Get your whole picture. <laughs> Dude. Thanks so much, Rusty. Thank you, man. We'll as see always. you again soon. And we'll, and we'll see you at the end of August for the shows. Thanks again, bud. Take care. You too. There it is. Rusty took me by surprise a little bit, dropping the award on me. I love it. It's good to know. Couldn't do it without uh, without Sam Thomas. You guys know that. He's the one making it sound good and helping us uh, get the, the format right and getting the right, right people in the chair across from me to make this thing go. So thank you guys all for being here and for being a huge part of it. We appreciate it so much. If you want to support the show, keep this thing going, keep the lights on, go to patreon.com slash south of scruffy, get involved there. I'll do blog posts and some engagement on that platform. It's kind of fun and it helps the show keep rolling. Thank you guys for being here. Take care. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Pitchwire, play me out.